the garden help you need. Now, Mid-South Gardening on the Mighty 990 with your hosts, Veda Vance, Kenneth Mabry, and Jim Crowder. <laughs> well, good morning, gardeners. Good morning, Mid-South Gardeners, and welcome to our show. I'm here with Kenneth from Dan West, Jim, who does our Facebook page and tons of other things for the community, and Veda with Palladio Garden. And good morning to you, uh, Mr. Jim and Miss Veda. Howdy. Happy uh, Father's Day weekend. Yeah, it yes. is Father's Day. You know, thank God we don't know about West, you know? So I'm thinking for Father's Day, everybody should buy plants, plant it for their father. Oh, there you go. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Maybe but cut then, the grass for him. Right. But if you do plant plants for your father, then know that you're going to have to come back and water them. You think? <laughs> How many people have I told this week, hey, can I plant a shrub this time of year? Mm-hmm. And the short answer is absolutely you can. Yeah. But you don't want to plant a shrub and go out of town for three weeks right. after you plant it. Yes, you know? yes. We see that happen. Even if you have what they say, quote, an irrigation system. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Three days would be pushing it. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. So true. So true. It, I Every summer, especially when we get new people, I realize how hard it is to water because of... Um, Oh, yeah. It's just hard. It's just hard to to learn how things are, are stacked in the garden center. Like if they're kind of close, you got to get up under them. Uh, trying to show them that the irrigation went off all night. And look at this spot right here. Well, that's Bone the, dry. Hey, that's the easy part is how do you water in your own landscape? Mm-hmm. You know, whether you have existing stuff or brand new stuff. Because we all have a tendency to go out there with that water hose, which I love to do, by the way, (laughs) on a daily basis. You're one of those men. Yeah, and (laughs) soak things down. But that's not always the best thing to do. Now, what we're saying is don't water. You know, we're not saying that. We're saying ideally on newly planted shrubs and trees, when you go out there and water, Mm -hmm. make it count. Soak those things, okay? But then let them air out before you come back Mm -hmm. and soak them again. Right, (laughs) exactly. We say it 100,000 times a year. We see just as many dead shrubs and trees because of excessive moisture or inadequate drainage Mm -hmm. than we do from lack of water. We do. You know, one thing, of course, we always say it's the soil, soil, soil. That's one of your best, best things. And for an example, um, so we have special soil for container gardens Mm -hmm. inside or an outside mix Mm -hmm. and so you get the hanging baskets that you get in from growers and they're in their growing soil and all of that because they're constantly fertilized some of them are in decent soil and some of them are not right so we planted some hanging baskets for ourselves of course to grow and sell and since we use that special potting mix you can water this one once every these are in the shade once every two days or the one that comes in the regular that you keep in your hanging basket you're watering it constantly 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 and then it eventually drains out of nutrients Mm -hmm. because uh you know when they're grown all the fertilizer mostly goes to the top but nothing in the soil so then um they just go out quickly but then when you've got it in good soil, it stays moist longer and grows better. So that cuts your watering down. And what does Jim always say? You know, plants want to live in spite of us, you know? What irrigation? No plant wants to die. <laughs> yes. I love, always loved that. They, they look pretty rough. But, <laughs> but who would think, though, that watering, I mean, it, the concept, it sounds so simple. Mm-hmm. It truly does. Uh, but it's, it's like you said a while ago, Vade, it's a little complicated. 
Uh, and yeah, I mean, I love irrigation systems, but I'm, I'm always knocking them because I have yet to find an irrigation system that is mm-hmm. set up the right way or the timer is set the way it should be. Right. Uh, you know, some of them come on, um, you know, way too often. Some of them don't come on near enough. <laughs> but a lot of that you can't blame on the timers. You got to blame on the plants they put together. Well, true. True, you know, Jim. Because you couldn't conceivably have enough zones. <laughs> yes. <laughs> you know, good point. When, and, oh, when my When they're gosh. putting, you know, boxwoods and azaleas side by side. Right. Right. Can you it's, imagine setting the clock for all those zones? Oh, no. Uh-uh. <laughs> what do you water with? Well, water, of course. Uh, but well, I have a sprinkler that I set out. You know, when mm-hmm. I think a bed needs it, then I'll turn it on. But I do a lot of spot watering. Yeah. And, and, yeah. That's good. But I still think just the, the bottom line is, in, in the simplest of terms, uh, things, you have to irrigate your plants. Uh, but I would rather slightly underwater than grossly overwater. Uh, and yeah, slightly, I mean, I just would. Yeah, yeah. I mean, right. I, and of course, you know, plants can die either way. But I mean, I, I just still see so many plants that are dead because of, like I said a while ago, because of excessive moisture or inadequate drainage. Well, you can recover a plant that's slightly dry, but one that's rotted, too wet, you can't recover. What does it, it do? <laughs> you know, if the roots have lost, have died, it wilts. Yeah. And so what do you do to a wilted plant? You go out there water, water it. You water it, and it really needs air, you know, yeah. to, for a chance to survive. So right. all Did y'all sa- know in roots and soil we need air? Yeah. Not pockets, but just loose soil for the air. So all we're saying, guys, is even if you have irrigation, make your rounds. Um, you know, and if you see, like Jim was just saying, if you see things that look a little dry, uh, you know, put a little water on it. Sp- you know, just spot water where you need to water if you don't have irrigation, uh, then yes, go out there, uh, especially on new plants now, even established plants, but mm-hmm. especially new plants. Uh, the first summer is always the most critical, you know, until you get a decent root system established. Those things are totally dependent on you as far as water, unless we mm-hmm. get a, you know, a rain. So, you know, like I said, when you do water, water, make it count, soak these shrubs, and then let them air out before you come back and soak them again. Now, that doesn't mean that you have you have to water bedding plants and hanging baskets like you were talking about, Veda, on a, you know, you have to water those more often, of yeah, course, but yeah. watering can be pretty darn tricky, and who would have thought it? You I know, know I, wanna, I want to give an example to the people that are watering that I want to go give them, they're hot, I want to give them a drink of water, but only that much, Yeah. you know, and go, do you want more? <laughs> well, that's what it feels like to the plants. You've got to go water thoroughly, yeah, where yeah. the water goes all the way through the bucket and drains out, and that's same with containers. And then if you do have irrigation, um, you know, try to have that irrigation system coming on early, early in the morning. And the reason I say that is you have the rest of the day for the excessive moisture to dry off mm-hmm. before nightfall, because you don't want con- you don't want to constantly have moisture out there at night, because then what you're also doing is building a a fungal environment, you yeah. know, uh, especially when it comes to your lawn. Um, and Jim, we see that all the time too, where people are out there watering, and you know, at five o'clock in the afternoon. Now, I'd rather do that than not water at all. Don't get me mm-hmm. wrong, but if you keep doing that and you keep that grass, that lawn moist every night you're going to get a fungus in there, you know? So early, early morning is the best time to do it, guys. Jim is shaking his head. You agree or not? <laughs> no, no he's, just, totally he's just chilling. You're probably moving <clears throat> your bum elbow into a more yeah. comfortable We, we need position. to get Jim over there in your seat where people can see. He's like the bonnet I, I had man. A, had a little surgery this week on an elbow. So. And, and he's got it's this, all that gardening. 
Yeah, that's right. <laughs> <laughs> Picking up too many plants there, Jim. Yeah, I'm going to finish this today. So gardening is a big thing, I'm telling you. And, of course, the heat wave out west, you know, typically what they get, we get eventually. So, I mean, they're having record temperatures out there, and it's not like it's cool here. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and early in the year, you know, we had all the rain in the world. It was wet and cool the whole spring, and we all knew what was going to happen. It was going to get warm, it's going to get hot, mm-hmm. and then we're going to get dry, right? Right. Well, we've gotten warm we've gotten hot and we've also gotten dry yeah i think we're below we're predicted by the farmer's almanac to be a little bit below in the rain but one degree lower in temperature well we don't care about so that. does that average out <laughs> well we hope well that you know the reason why we're going on wa- going over watering for one thing is because it always sneaks up we're fine it's raining everything's good and then all of a sudden you're like well does everything look bad you have to get that transition pretty quick because we're not thinking it's not going to rain again we're not thinking how hot it's going to be well, so yeah pay attention to so that so write that down on your on your refrigerator chalkboard water 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 you know but don't overwater. does that make sense I know. People always look at me when I say, now that soil, this soil's great. It holds moisture, but drains well. Mm -hmm. And they kind of look at me and I go, that's what you want. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Man, okay, we know we're going to have, we have a lot of topics. We got to talk about the great tomato contest. We do. We got to talk about why all the blooms on the hydrangeas are turning brown uh, about right now. Okay. And then we talked about some mosquito control and I've got to ask Jim, you know, about pruning sealers. What does he think about that? Mm. <coughs> you know? Yeah, we probably all It'll be agree. be a short conversation. Yeah, <laughs> I would say we probably all agree. And, and I know we've talked about this many times before, but we also have to talk about how to kill bamboo. Or if you're going to plant bamboo, what are your responsibilities, you know? Yeah, because <laughs> I'm going to plant some in someone's yard, possibly. We're trying to think of another option. Well, this Y'all whole discussion will be about you then, Miss Theta. Yeah. Okay. Here we go. It's time for a break. You're listening to Mid-South Gardening on the Mighty 990. And you can stream us online anytime at kwamradio.com. And y'all got to give us a call. See if you can stump us. 260-5926. The Mighty 990. 107.9 FM, 990 AM, KWAM. Good morning and welcome back to the Mid-South Garden. Give us a call, 260-596. I'm Veda with Palladio, Kenneth with Dan West, Jim with, I only thing I can say is Jim with everything. Yeah, Jim is with everything. And Jim, they've got a pretty uh, fancy, uh, what is it, a Facebook page, Jim? What's it called? <laughs> My Facebook you still group? don't know. You in the Facebook. He's just looking for Oh, he's looking for the name. Now the name is Mid-South Gardening because... You had the zones. Well, I still have the zones until July 1st. Facebook won't let you change it, but once every 28 days for some reason. Oh, okay. that's so, right. Uh, Isn't that bizarre? But I just as a teaser, I put I added zone 5 and 9, you know, and it really messed with people's minds. So. And what's the... It's it's so so if I can go to Facebook and I type in... Mid-South Gardening. Right now it's gardening in USDA zones 5, 6, 7, 8, and 9. Right. And I'm telling you, it's a great Facebook page. It is. And uh, it's getting to the point now where, you know, I can... We got a lot of people that can give correct answers. Yeah. So, real pleased with the yeah. the, uh, the amount of active participants that we have. Absolutely. You know, we've uh, got over six thousand members, but we got you know a thousand or so that are that mm-hmm. are on there a good bit. Well, so. and Jim, and you've talked about this before, but what I also love is the information that you can get on there under the files. Under the file section. And yeah. you said you go to groups and click that. 
uh, well, there's a file tab when you when you get find the the webs. Uh, the and Facebook I've done it, but I can't remember how I did it. There's some tabs up there, and one of them is files, and and I've got some good information. There'll be more added now that I've got some time to yeah. uh, in the heat to do some of that. Okay, well, good. Uh, what about the browning blooms on people's hydrangeas all across this city? And um, you're saying it could be from a couple different things, Jim. Well, I think mostly it's it's heat stress. Um, we had a very moist spring. Everything was flushed real well. And then we hit a little dry spell, and the sun came out. Yes, it did. And, uh, you know, just like hydrangeas will wilt during the day and pop back up at night, they're just losing more moisture than they can get back into the plant. Um, Especially for hydrangeas that are in actually a little too much sun. That's right. And and that's what happened. They just they weren't able to replace that moisture, and mm-hmm. so the flowers are browning. So. Right. That uh, kind of goes back to what we were saying earlier, that it's, like you said, a real moist spring, but then all of a sudden it's warm and we forget to water. Yeah. And that's that's what you're saying. You know, the soil yeah. is still technically moist, mm-hmm. but hydrangeas have so much surface area on their foliage right. that they'll lose more of it in our heat than they can replace. Mm-hmm. You know, if they were really drought stressed after when it got after dust, the leaves wouldn't pop back up. They would stay wilted. Right. You know, uh-huh. it's really <laughs> bizarre how... Uh, on uh, some plants, they wilt and turn brown, and then some plant I don't even remember. Well, some plants will just pop back up. You know, I've got oh, sun patients yeah. in some rather small pots, mm-hmm. and I missed them, you know, yeah. right after the surgery. I missed going out there and watering them one day, mm-hmm. and they look like cooked spinach. I mean, they just look yeah. terrible. Yeah. Watered them, and, you know. A day later, they look mm-hmm. pretty good, and now they got flowers back on them again. Yeah, you know? that's incredible. I usually recover. like add some fertilizer when I water too. But oh, the like plants if they're struggling, some of them pop their blooms off to survive, and some of them keep their blooms and lose their leaves mm-hmm. to survive because they're trying to repopulate. Well, but it's a shame though because I mean I've seen some beautiful hydrangeas where every bloom on the hydrangea is just turning brown mm-hmm. uh and early in the year i did see a little botrytis blight on some where it's kind of a gray mold mm-hmm. uh that's growing well, I'm, on. Gonna, I'm gonna imitate your hands for everybody <laughs> yeah a gray you can't see my hands on radio on, right yeah you can see me on facebook uh, so i'm entertaining uh, and, and if that is you know if that is the case then you want to go out there and, and cut off the blooms uh you know wipe the blade with some clorox between cuts uh, get everything cut off come back uh, and spray with some copper or dacanil um but I'm with you also, Jim. I've seen a lot of blooms where it's, you don't see any sign of Botrytis blight yeah. on them. You just see the burned or browned petals yeah, on the bloom. most of what we're seeing on, on the uh, Facebook group. And I've got just a touch of it. I say I keep my hydrangeas fairly moist, and so I've got very little browning. Mm-hmm. Um, but, yeah, it, and think about this, too, though. You want to go ahead, if you've got rebloomers, go ahead and just, they just got a little color left. Cut those flowers off. Yeah. You, to get mm-hmm. a good second bloom, you need to remove the flower heads. Otherwise, you'll get one or two blooms. Flower so, heads when they start dying off. Yeah. yeah. Well, you know, <laughs> if they're brown now and look ugly oh. from the heat, just go ahead and get rid of them. The mm-hmm. sooner, the sooner you do, the sooner you'll have more flower buds. Oh, so, so quit you know, standing there looking uh, at them. Yep. Go, <laughs> all the rebloomers, I'd go ahead. You know, if they're looking, you know, kind of yucky, go ahead and cut the flowers off and let's start again. All right. Let me ask you this: later on, when the uh, paniculata start blooming, you know, the limelights, mm-hmm. the little limes, uh, the bobos, those kind of hydrangeas. Do you also deadhead those? I don't. You could. Yeah. You know, I like the 
and Carol likes the the colors that they have during the fall. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, we've got several, and I just planted a couple of new ones. Um, so I don't. Yeah. You could. Yeah. You know? Now, I've gotten in the habit. I have a lot of dwarf ones, but even the dwarfs get five or six feet tall. Yeah. And I've gotten in the habit now along in June or so knocking the tips out of them, which makes them sprout three or four There'll mm-hmm. be smaller blooms, but the plant will be lower. Knocking the tips out, just prune, just taking All, the tips just off, just pinching them out. I was just know, seeing you with, with the baseball the, bats, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> kind of like uh, you know a butterfly bush, for exactly. example. You know, if you got a butterfly bush and they're blooming, then I would always go out there when I had one at, at my old house and, and cut off the bad blooms or the brown blooms uh, about once every ten days, two weeks. And you would get a ton more bloom. Yeah. Now, I'm not saying the blooms would be as big as those center blooms yeah. would be. Yeah. You'll get more blooms. You've yeah. got time. It's just, you know, if you leave them, they're going to want to do what they're trying to do, and that's reproduce. Mm-hmm. So they'll try to set seed, um, which, you know, may or may not be good. A lot of the <laughs> new ones, I think, are sterile and don't produce a, a viable seed anyway. Um, but mm-hmm. uh, you can, you know, you can do it. same thing with crepe myrtles. You know, you can cut the spent heads off and they'll rebloom again. A lot of them, you know, put yeah, out lots oh, of little yeah. tiny blooms. Yeah, that one yeah. definitely works. Well, all of them that you just said, but uh, I was amazed because we did it in the garden center one time. They were just kind of eh, done have done their blooming, just just pruned them right off and they yeah. came back yeah, it was right or back. they tried to come off a side of the seed head but if that seed head's gone then that's got more energy right, more do y'all blame. do y'all know what the insect of the week is um uh, is it not japanese beetle no ladybug. well that's that's the, <laughs> that's, that's the bug, that's the bug so of the month and we'll talk about japanese go beetles. with ladybug no it's the cottony leafhopper they're so it again cute. has it raised its nasty lord head? i mean and people they see this white cottony just residue on everything, and they're like, what is going on with my plants, right? So they'll cut off a limb and bring it to me. Well, it's, it's not the residue, the cottony residue that you see that's the problem. It's the little bug that's causing all of that, and that's the little cottony leafhopper. You know, we had them really bad last we year, We had them Jim, bad last year, sure did. Well, they're back. Um, so if you're making your rounds, checking the irrigation, checking the water and everything this morning, and you start seeing a lot of what they looks like little cotton mm-hmm. filaments on everything, then you've got cottony leafhoppers. Uh, and if that is the case, then try to go out there uh, early one morning or late one afternoon, try not to ever spray during the heat of the day, right? And just give them a good spray in, uh, whether it's a permethrin or, you know, acephate or spinosin. I mean, any generic broad-spectrum insecticides would t- typically kill the leafhopper. Um, but, yeah, they're back and forth, guys. Well, um I always forget to study and get the detail of the leafhopper, but the leafhopper isn't the uh, cottony stuff, is it? No. Well, it's there's, a, a isn't it a little there's woolly aphids in there. He's nearby. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Yes. Mm-hmm. And then you, and they try if you see them, they try to hide from you. Yes. They run around the stem. Yeah, and then get if you on the other put your side. finger like kind of like a squirrel does, and then if you put your little finger up there, they'll just hop away. See, uh, well, let's just play with them instead of kill them. No. <laughs> but, dude, they suck the juices out of the plant, they right? They really do. And but they transmit so many diseases. Yeah. You know? But they're out there in full force, I'm telling so you. So we need to do something, something about s- that. I've seen, too, this year, uh, which I haven't seen a couple of years, or or tree cattle. Huh? Tree, tree cattle. cattle? Tree cattle. Is it I a type of aphid? No, it's actually, it kind of <laughs> looks on, like a sow bug. Tree 
Cattle. Cattle. Yeah. C-A-T-T-L-E. Yes. Mm-hmm. Okay. He's, Must be bad. He's on medication. <laughs> <laughs> no, they actually, they kind of look like roly polies, but you'll see them a mass at the bottom of a plant. Mm-hmm. Uh, and they're they're harmless, but it, I've seen several pictures this week of people saying, what on earth are these things? We'll be back to talk about them in just a minute. Now, back to Mid-South Gardening on the Mighty 990 and 107.9 FM, KWAM. Good morning, Mid-South Gardeners, and welcome back. I'm Beta with Palladio Gardens, Kenneth with Dan West, and Jim with everything, and Mr. it's fantastic. Mr. Grumpy, Mr. Grumpy. Are, are you kind of falling out of that? No, name? he's the younger. Yes, I'm, I'm much more heavily medicated now than yeah. I was when I was young. So, you know. yeah. I, I know I tell people, if I'd had these medicines when I was, you know, <laughs> 24, 25, I'd have a lot more <laughs> friends. I'm sure you're using the St. John's wort and you're eating it off the shrub. No, no. <laughs> you need more than that. No, I'm, you know, I, I know people love to, you know, to make things out of plants and, you know, but I'm a firm believer in pharmacy in doctors you right know. but as you know so many of our things came from plants yeah, absolutely but you know they're and not, once they're processed right. and put into a yeah. pill i'll eat them right <laughs> <laughs> but, but, good but, point <laughs> and guys if you want to give us a call miss ellie hang on just one second 260-5926 260-5926 miss veda okay so i want to do the tomato stuff and you've got a list but we let's got a go caller. To Ellie. Good morning, Ellie. You're in the Mid South Garden. Morning. Hey, Ellie. Oh, oak leaf hydrangeas, beauty berry bushes. Mm-hmm. The leaves on those were just curling up, and they actually looked like a green worm. I couldn't find <laughs> anything on the leaves. So as I kept looking, I sprayed them one time with Malathon. Right. Then a few weeks later, I Get some um, bone eye number eight mm-hmm, okay. liquid down at Dan West. Mm-hmm. Soak everything down, and as I was looking on the end of where the trees have the bushes have been pruned, there's perfect little round holes bored in that mm-hmm. hardwood. Right. So I googled it, and it said something about beetle bores so what in the world do i use these these bushes are you wouldn't believe what they look like mm. so all of them look like their leaves are round like a pencil they are they, they're just curled up yeah, yeah. all like of them or a fourth they, of they, it yeah you, um, you, you just got beetles that have gone down through the, the pith there um the quickest way to get rid of them we'll would be used no, use acephate. Just spray the whole thing. It's a systemic. It's absorbed into the plant, and it'll stop them. Okay. It won't get any worse. Now, can you also use okay. the drench? Jim? You could use a metacloprid, yeah. but if you do it with a drench, it could take three to four weeks gotcha. for it to get all the way up into the plant. So acephate would be a little quicker. It's going to kill them, isn't it? it well, the, it will substantially um, reduce their size. Probably won't kill them because they'll try to re-sprout. But, okay. uh, and then, you know, once you have sprayed mm-hmm. them, if you want to go back and tr- cut until you get to good green, green solid. with, with no pith missing, yeah. then you're good to go. And they're not going to, they're not going to c- cause you any more grief. Okay. Spell, spell those words. Uh, look for, look for bonide systemic insect spray. 
Okay, that one I know. I yeah, know and, and what's in okay. it is acephate, A-C-E-P-H-A-T-E. Okay. Yeah. okay? Okay. I sure will. Thanks a lot. Hey, thank, thank you. you. Thanks for calling. Thanks, and Eddie. do some compost, root stimulator, anything just to give it a little boost. Give it a little immune system going. Yeah, and just know that acephate, uh, it, a great product. It's like the old orthene that we sold 100 mm-hmm. years ago. Oh, right. I think I'm But it's got just, an odor to it uh, that... It, it does have a little smell. It does. Uh, so just be prepared just for that. You hear me on chemicals. It's good stuff. I just have to throw that out every once in a while. That, But what would I do for that, losing both trees? Jim, probably. Now, why same. did she get the little tip boards, though? I, know. I mean, well, uh, would spinosad I work? That takes you. Well, have the to problem get it is in. once they're inside the plant, you can't get to yeah. them with pretty much anything. Right. If they're right under the bark, permethrin would get them. If yeah. they're a bark mm. board, but, you, but then you don't know. If you're getting down through the center of the plant, you pretty much got to go to mm-hmm. either a metacloprid yeah. or a similar Acephate type similar. product or, or acephate, which is quicker. If I would be, because one of the things mm. in the organic. Uh, whole thing would be like you said, just prune it, prune it off, and don't spray. But I don't know if I could actually prune my beauty berry down pretty low, so I wouldn't have to spray. Because well, you know, you can wait till it dies on its own and then prune it back. This is true. You know? I'd rather just prune it. I don't know. I can't even say because you know I am all organic, but you have to use stuff occasionally. Once in a while. Yeah, yeah. So like I'm you know, saying, I, I don't s- think I'm. I have prune a, it an back. extremely diverse garden. I have mm-hmm. lots and lots of different type plants, and I have very few insects. Now I was excited yesterday. I have three monarch butterfly mm-hmm. caterpillars mm-hmm. on my milkweed. That was, uh, you know, great. Yeah. And I, I hadn't seen them earlier because right. when I've been going out in the afternoon watering, I was pretty heavily drugged. So, you know. <laughs> what was it really? <laughs> so I really didn't notice <laughs> it. Oh, well, speaking of pruning, though, guys, uh, you know, I made a comment uh, in the first 15 minutes about pruning sealer. You know, when we were growing up, it seems like every time you made a cut, yeah. you were putting a pruning sealer on that wound or that cut. Uh, and then over the last, what, 10 or 15 years, it seems like even arborists are saying, do not use a pruning sealer. Yeah, I go back further than that. Or, or there's no need to use a pruning sealer. In fact, some people say it's more detrimental than it is beneficial. I would agree with that yeah. statement. Yeah. So, okay, so, Jim, if, so if we're pruning our trees, crepe myrtles, whatever, you're saying just leave the old leave pruning sealer alone, alone and let these trees callous over back on their own. Yes. Uh, and now— what I've read years ago and even still continue to read is because, you know, most of these pruning sealers have a lot of petroleum products in it, okay? They can actually do more harm to the wood than, than not using it. Uh, but what about, like, Elmer's glue or wood glue or something that is not a petroleum-type product? Well, there's again, there's no need to seal anything like a tree, okay? Yeah. They're healthier if you just leave them alone. Yeah. Now— there are a lot of people that will use Elmer's glue or even orange shellac right. for some reason when they do roses because we have a like this lady just had. We have a borer that likes to burrow right down through the center of the cane, mm-hmm. and you'll lose part of that cane. Um, cane borer. People who are are serious rosarians are out there every day, and they'll usually stay at them. They'll yeah. just cut them out yeah. if they see that's an issue. Um, so, but I'm, you know, I'm of the opinion on roses, if, you know, to use something like Elmer's glue, okay. if it's pencil size or larger. Okay. But yeah. I mean, that was really like the exception to the rule there. Right. But that's still not a pruning sealer. It's not. It's just okay. something to keep them from digging back down through that cane. I got you. 
Okay. Well, let's so, but go pruning sealer, the only thing pruning sealer is good is for the inside of clay pots. If you want to seal one, spray the inside of clay pots, and it will keep water f- from getting into the clay yeah. and will help protect it from winter damage. Well, there you go. All right. Works good on water fountains, too. <laughs> Tar. Good morning, David. You're in the Mid South Garden. Good morning, guys and girls. How are you doing? Hey, hey Dave. David. Happy Father's Day to you, buddy. Oh, I'm not a father, but I appreciate it. Well, I say I didn't know that, but just in case you were, I was going to throw that out there for you. No, you good. You good. I've been called. I've been called mother every now and then. <laughs> <laughs> What's going on this weekend, buddy? This is definitely a family show, but anyway, um, yeah, got two two questions. Yes, sir. Who in the city um, is sharpening real more that you know? Uh, I would call Germantown Hardware. That would be one. And then I would call maybe uh, Bartlett Small Engines. That would be two. Uh, it's always hard to find someone. And, a lot of times it's just a, a person that yeah. freelances. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but yeah, I mean. The guy, the guy you, I, I'm pretty sure, is, is deceased, unfortunately. Yeah. Um, he, he was right on summer. Real nice guy. Real older gentleman. Yeah. Really nice guy. Um. But I, I like something. I would like something closer in the city since I'm in, you know, in the heart of the city. Yeah. Um, but if you, if that's all I got, well, I, I try both of those. Well, but what you might do though, Dave, let's say if you call like Germantown Hardware because I know they work on lawn mowers and say, look, guys, uh, do you know of anybody that can sharpen my real mower? Um, yeah. They probably be, would have some name that they could give you. Is all I'm saying. Uh, okay. So I'd give okay. them a call, and like I said, yeah. maybe, you know, Bartlett Small Engine, because I know they work on lawnmowers also. They might have someone that can give you a name and number. Okay. Um, second question, how long does it take um, for weed that you spray? I, I think it's, it's a bonine product yeah. to die. Well, you're right. It depends on what the product is. Uh, for example... Most weed killers, when you spray it, uh, you see uh, the weeds start to die within three days, okay? Okay. Uh, now, Dave, okay. there are some products. Let's say, for example, a product called Image. Uh, you might not see the weeds start to die back for two, two and a half, three weeks. Uh, so you're right. It really depends on the product. But most of them, most of them are anywhere from 30 minutes to about three days. Yeah, and with this heat, that should help. Right. Oh yeah, yes. absolutely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, one other question I just thought of because I'm I'm actually shopping for a sprayer. I got my own concoction for the weeds that are in the cracks on the sidewalk. It works pretty well. Combination of salt, vinegar, and um, soap. So yep. yeah. Problem yep. is is that I keep wearing out the spray balls. I I don't think I'm using too much soap i just think they're just cheap do you guys have mm-hmm. any idea what works best are you using a soap pump up sprayer or are you using just a hand sprayer just like, a hand sprayer right now but i'm looking i i got pump sprayers and and they seem to hold up pretty mm-hmm. well but i don't i don't need a gallon of this stuff right you know I mean? yeah i mean there of course there are so many different types of hand sprayers out there um well kenneth y'all have the ones that Aren't a spray bottle, but you can um, still spray with it, and it holds a couple pints. Yeah, I mean, we've got some uh, some handheld spray 
uh, bottles. I think DAP might be one of them. Mm-hmm. Uh, and a lot of think painters use it. So, I mean, I think you can put some pretty tough chemicals in there. But they all have those little O-rings in them. And vinegar is very caustic, okay? Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, so it can break down rubber O-rings in a heartbeat. So, Dave, uh, yeah, I mean, it's, you know, I, I think I would just get a, you know, two or three of the uh, of the hand sprayers uh, and try to use what you mix. Don't leave anything in there. And then once you've used everything that you mix, make sure you wash it out with some good cold water. Uh, if not, they're not going to last that long, Dave. Okay. Good deal. That's good. That's good advice. I appreciate y'all. Y'all are godsend as usual. I want y'all to have a great weekend, a safe weekend. If I don't talk to you in the fourth, enjoy your fourth. Thanks, Thank Dave. You, Back friend. at Thanks. you, buddy. Thank you, David. Uh, you know, David's my hero. Well, you are listening to Mid-South Gardening. Give us a call, 260-5926. The Mid-South's conservative blowtorch, the Mighty 990 KWAM. Good morning, gardeners, and welcome back to Mid-South Gardening. Give us a call, 260-5926. I'm Beta with Claudio, Kenneth with Dan West, and Jim, who does our wonderful Facebook page. And um, we're here to answer your questions, 260-5926. Yeah, we had a texter text in, uh, Audrey. Um, she said, do you think hard water affects growth on some plants? It sure does do a number on my hair. <laughs> I can't believe it wouldn't affect some plants. Please advise. Um, I don't think so. Well, yeah, no. Now, you you may get some in container plants. I might say that. Um, because of the chlorine in there? Yeah, because you'll get some chlorinated salts. And, and so it's it's possible from hard water that um, the white residue that you see on the soil, around the soil um, line or coming out the bottom of the pot where the water comes out. Right. Uh, those soluble salts can be absorbed by the plants and they'll accumulate in the tips and the margins. So you get brown tips like on Dracaenas right. mm-hmm. and that sort of thing. Uh, but in, as far as in the garden, it's probably not going to affect anything. Um, and we've got pretty good water around. We have here, good we? water, yeah. yeah, and it does have some calcium in it. Yeah, yeah. that's why I don't worry in Memphis because yeah. of the type of water we have. Yeah, and rain is soft water. Yeah, but, but hard I mean, water does mess up pipes and things like that. If you have certain yeah. certain pipes, our, our but water that comes doesn't out matter. here just near seven, just almost just neutral out on Memphis water, whereas your delicious. rain is about five point six. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So. So, Audrey, I think, you know, our just using tap water, I mean, that's what, you know, typically we use to to water with and wash our hair and everything else. <laughs> but it is doing a number on our hair. So, Audrey, I think we're fine uh, using that on our plants. Yes, ma'am. Not a problem. You know, I was wondering if uh, David calls the hardware stores and gets a younger kid. Then says he wants to know how to sharpen a wheel, a reel more. The guys go, well, okay. He'll probably go. We don't do that. Hang up. Turn around. And go. This guy. <laughs> what is what a reel more? more? Yeah. It's real, obviously. All mores are real, right? <laughs> right. So I guess um, it's starting to come back in style. In style, because we're all into exercising and everything. Not so. around my house. <laughs> yeah, you're right. <laughs> But, you know, if you don't have, you don't get to garden every day and all, that'd be some good workout. Well, that's what I was saying when we were going to the break a while ago. Dave is my hero for doing that. I mean, but you're right. A real more is uh, something to 
I mean, it, it actually, I promise you, it just cuts the grass different. It just looks really good when you use a real mower, but you better make sure those blades are sharp as razors or you're going mm-hmm. to kill yourself trying to cut anything. Oh, that's for sure. And then, Dave, was it David talking about vinegar? It's good to use the horticulture grade vinegar because it works. Uh, yeah, because it's only it's like twenty percent vinegar yeah. instead of just the old what three or five percent. Right, right. And then go ahead and mix. Yeah, go because you can mix the soap in the your weed killer, right? But we don't want to put the soap in our plants that we're for we're spraying because Jim said and it makes sense that it, it kind of the soap damages the cuticles on the plant well, yes, it does. you know a lot of times we used soap as a surfactant yeah. to make product stick to whatever we're stranded on right right well if you're using weed killers who cares right but you're saying don't mm, use right, soap exactly. as a surfactant and spray it on your your shrubs or your plants anything that's got good leaf foliage yeah, on you it. know and, and I don't there are stuff. There are things out there to kill weeds, and I like to use them. You know, I don't feel that desire to make something up out of my kitchen cabinet. <laughs> you know, uh, I, I don't. You know, <laughs> so. and I just love to go get this and that and that, and go for it. Um, let's see. We've got a caller. Um, let's see. It's Jim. Lives on a ninth floor apartment facing west. And would like to grow something on his balcony mm. besides cactus. And his his wife's curious on what we would suggest to try. I'll tell you what, ninth floor facing west, that's a pretty brutal mm-hmm. growing environment right there. Uh, but there's a lot of shrubs and, and annuals and yeah. perennials that you can put in there. I mean, starting with annual color, you know, lantana, mm-hmm. uh, if you had some containers or, or troughs or window boxes, whatever. Seed them. Oh, yes. Yeah. You know. Well, you know, we planted some things in containers that was facing west, but we put a little irrigation system mm-hmm. on it so it would go off every morning and all. So so I was we were getting away with just whatever, full sun plants for that so some of it it's just how much you're watering and the soil that's in yeah I and mean, junipers we did a juniper some sedum some lantana i mean little you know baby jim boxwoods yeah. uh, i mean i mean they're most yeah yeah i mean mostly anything that would grow in full sun will grow up there on that balcony depending on whether you want evergreens or annuals or perennials mm-hmm. or whatever uh, but like you said Vader, you're going to just have to keep some moisture out there uh, use a good, high-quality potting soil. Make sure all your uh, containers drain the way they should. Uh, and you do have a little more wind up there. Mm-hmm. I get it on that yeah. uh, ninth floor. But the same plants that we would recommend at ground level mm-hmm. that take a lot of sun, you can grow up there on that ninth floor balcony. Well, you just want to make sure that you've got plenty of soil mass as those plants mature right. to be able to support that. Exactly. You don't want to you know, have a nice ornamental grass that dries twice a day. Yeah, you know, mm-hmm. you're going to want to make sure that you've got a container big enough that it can uh, that it will be happy yeah. all day long. Right. Yeah. Um, and then maybe she's looking for <laughs> things you don't have to water, so that's kind of plastic. <laughs> but watering less would be the sedum. Uh, what would be good? I guess lantana. lantana Does that take watering good. less? Yeah. yeah. And what else would I Well, you mentioned, you know, the sedums also. Yeah. All right. We're going to take a break for a few. Y'all got to call us. We want to hear your comments and struggles on the garden, that is. (laughs) 260-5926. The garden help you need. Now, Mid-South Gardening on the Mighty 990 with your hosts, Veda Vance, Kenneth Mabry, and Jim Crowder. 
Good morning. Welcome back, gardeners. You're listening to Mid-South Gardening with Beta from Palladio Garden. Kenneth with Dan West and Jim, who does our Facebook page, and he's with everything. They see him around checking out gardens. Mm -hmm. Gets lots of good knowledge from that. We're so glad. uh, I'm excited to be a a judge on the tomato contest. Right Uh, there with you, Jim. I understand Kenneth's going to be there with me. Um, Beta got voted off the island. Yeah, that's what I told (laughs) him. I said um, I got voted (laughs) off the island. But honestly... I have to say, because I did get to do it one time before, but I think it's better for you two to be the judges because y'all are more tomato connoisseurs. I am a serious tomato connoisseur. Yeah. Same here. And I asked Jamie yesterday uh, if they were, you know, if judges were accepting payoffs. Uh, mm-hmm. And he said, absolutely not. So I can't. Absolutely. Yeah, so I can't do that. <laughs> well, Y'all, payoffs know, it, aren't going to work on me. It, it, the thing is, though, that... Uh, um, there's going to be somebody there who makes this killer tomato sandwich. Mm-hmm. So I was going to oh. go for that. So they figure, well, if he's going to be here, let's just make him a judge. <laughs> right. So. That's right. Mr. Paul loves those sandwiches, yeah. too. He was telling about and it. I've been, I'm honored. They're uh, the very first meeting of the um, Master Gardeners. They're going to come back and have their uh, first classroom meeting um, that they've had in a year and a half. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm going to get to speak to on the 15th. It's been moved from the 8th to the 15th, that's in case awesome. y'all didn't know. Um, that's the There was a fair or something going on at the Agri-Center that week. We need so. to make them make that appearance, uh, Miss Veda. Yeah, oh, yeah they right. all come yeah. and heckle me. Well, we could be in the back row heckling. Yeah. Ooh. But that's on the, around the 15th, Ooh. you said, Jim? It's the 15th, yeah. And then the tomato, to be there. the tomato contest is going to be like on the 17th, uh, that I Saturday? Think, I think that's right. Yeah. yeah. Well, and we'll have uh, Jamie and uh, and some of the other uh, master gardeners coming in here, uh, I think, on the 10th, and we'll talk about the tomato contest, too. Well, I would say if y'all are going to enter the great tomato contest that you need to put some compost around your tomatoes now. Mm -hmm. Um, Compost tea, it's got millions of microorganisms, and they eat the diseases. Now, what about compost tea, though? Because we can't buy compost tea mm -hmm. anymore, but you're saying, like— Liquid seaweed and liquid earthworm castings yeah, and, and worm, big bloom. And big bloom, and, yeah. yeah. And, um, or you can put it in cheesecloth, the worm castings, and set it in a bucket and steep it. But I yeah. won't do that either. <laughs> but that, and, you know, pour it on your soil and all that. Um, Those are just yeah, I had tricks read of the just, trade is what you're giving out. Yeah, I had read on, because um, I don't get my information out of like, little gar- gardening magazine so but well, i had read nobody that should because they're written by writers they're not written yeah, by gardeners yeah exactly but their description was the beneficial microorganisms that work on the bad microorganisms are like pac-men mm-hmm. they just they just go for it <clears throat> and then also what else would you do we've got the compost the liquid fertilizer you want to make sure there's good air circulation prune the limbs off the bottom of the so tomato. you don't yeah and what else and i would you know, put a like, little calcium nitrate around them this time of year yeah. for blossom in right so or just water with hard water yeah <laughs> but calcium nitrate or calcium chloride either one if you're or if you are getting blossom in right or you can do it be proactive and, and that will help prevent blossom end rot where the bottom of yeah. the tomato starts to rot on you and also, there's some uh, blossom set that you can spray on the blooms if they're falling off and not pollinating. Uh, but like I said, put some uh, good compost around them, beta, uh, feed them, uh, whether it's a tomato tone or a liquid plant food. I mean, you can make some 
really right. good tomatoes. And if you're trying to get a nice, <coughs> big, beautiful tomato, you may need to take some of them off the vine so it can really concentrate on that tomato. So that sounds delicious now. Me and if you're pink. making up the calcium nitrate, throw some on your squash too. Yes, sir. Yep. What? Oh, put some squash around it. <clears throat> Is that what you said? No, put some calcium nitrate on your squash. <laughs> oh, seeing oh some, okay. Seeing a good bit of blossom end rot on what what happens with blossom end rot is when you get excess water. The water makes the calcium unavailable to the plant. It's in a form that the plant can't get to. Calcium nitrate and liquid calcium chloride are available. So if, if you're overwatering or if Mother Nature is overwatering, it's a way to get calcium to those so that you don't end up with blossom end rot. Well, and you're right. Uh, and that's from a lack of calcium. But that's why we always say also is try to keep your plants at a constant moisture. Uh, you, you don't want to go from really wet to really dry mm-hmm. and then really dry to really wet, up and down, up and down, up and down. Just try to keep them at a constant moisture, and that by itself helps reduce blossom end rot. Right, because we have a tendency to go out, you look at the garden, you're like, well, it's not mm. really too dry yet. It, 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 it's not too dry, and then you go out and the soil's bone dry. Well, you need to not let it get to that. And yeah. when you start going, it's not too dry, then it probably is getting too dry. And, Jim, do you have a, f- a favorite, whether it's calcium chloride, which is yield booster, which is a liquid that you mix and spray or pour, or calcium nitrate, which is a granulated product that you just sprinkle around uh, you know, the root system of the of the plant. They'll both do the same thing, okay. but you're going to have to water the calcium nitrate. Okay. So, you know, I've always used calcium chloride. Because it's already in liquid form, but yep. either one's perfectly You're still fine. mixing it with the water, yep. you know, but it's that's that's what I've used. And But either one makes no difference. Yeah, and if you have tomato hornworms, things like that, you can just pick them off. <laughs> but they're so pretty, I can't smush them. And I did, I you know, going to fry or something. Yeah, right. Exactly. <laughs> oh, I just don't know if I can eat the bugs like everybody else. Mm, Not everybody no. else does, but you see them cook them up in chocolate and all of that. So I don't know if I could do that. Leave me out. Eating bugs. Speaking of eating bugs, you know, um, frogs. We talk about frogs eat slugs and all that. Well, I was doing some stuff in the garden center, and I and I luckily I stepped over enough, but I felt something, and I looked down, and it was a frog that was upside down, and he had this stuff sticking out of his mouth, and so I'm going, no, 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 I just crushed it, and that's his insides coming out. Didn't want to hear. And I'm going, I can't. It's early in the morning. Do this, yeah. I'm like, I can't do this, but then I started thinking, well, the frog's not flat, and he did give me an evil eye. So it was a slug. So he was right in the middle of getting a slug, and I knocked him over. And my point is, frogs love slugs. So, you know, quit trying to get rid of those. Or what would you do to create a frog population? Well, frog houses, water. Add water. That's the main thing. If you put, just put a, it's like a uh, bird bath top, mm-hmm. put it in the ground, keep it full of water. You'll have plenty of frogs and toads. Or go out there and get some slug bait that it's got iron phosphide in it that's safe to use around me, you, the dog, and and the cat. And then you don't have frogs anymore. Well, but you don't have slugs either. (laughs) That's true. (laughs) You know, there's always a trade-off on this kind of thing. But we need y'all to give us a call, 2605-926, to uh, try to stump us. Yeah, and what about, and I know we only got a couple of minutes, guys, but... uh, and we might have to get into the other, uh, you know, segment for this. But bamboo, uh, bamboo is one of those plants that we—it's a love-hate relationship. Okay, we love what bamboo looks like, and we love what it does for us, as far as creating a barrier between us and whoever, right? But we don't <laughs> like the way it just kind of takes over everything. 
and even the clumping bamboo, you know, I mean, which is not near as bad, Jim, as some of these spreading bamboos. Um, but we'll have to talk about what do you do if not, let's say you didn't go out there and plant bamboo at all, but your neighbor did. And your neighbor did not put down that underground barrier. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then all of a sudden, you've got bamboo because they had bamboo, okay? Uh, so what do you do about that? I mean, do you just put a for sale sign in the front yard and move? Or is there other things that we can do to get rid of that bamboo? Yeah, a lot of people think, or some people may think, Roundup. But does Roundup work, Jim? Uh, I mean, not by itself, usually not. Yeah. Mm-hmm. No. I had the... Uh, we got to get, I had the pleasure for a number of years uh, to fish with the head chemist from, from Ortho. He would come to our sales meeting that we'd have on the uh, 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 by Heber Springs. Yeah. And um, he said the only thing that he had found that would kill bamboo, and it takes multiple applications, is a combination of Roundup and Triclopyr. Which is a brush killer. Which is a brush killer. Um, they're not, you can mix them yourself, and mm-hmm. it does a, a really good job. Now, some of that has to do with timing also. If it's just sprouting out of the ground, you probably can't get enough chemical on it to kill it. Mm-hmm. You need to let it get up, get mature, spray it, let it circulate through the system, then cut it, and then when it starts to re-sprout, then you go back and, and reapply mm-hmm. The thing is, if your neighbor's got round, uh, got bamboo, you're likely to damage his. So then you want to ask yourself, do I really want to get make this other person angry? Yes, you do. So or, you know, in that case, the easiest thing to do is just mow it off. When it starts yeah, to come up each yeah. spring, just mow it down. Gotcha. Because it, it only germinates one time per year in During the spring. During the spring, yeah. you get the, the young ones coming up yeah. and just keep them cut off. And that's probably the... Uh, best thing for your relationship with your neighbor. Yeah, I was going to say, on the flip side, they might hug you and go, yes. They might. You, they may ask you to spray on their paw. But absolutely <laughs> ask your neighbor no matter which one it is. <laughs> and, um, yeah, I'm wanting to do bamboo. Is I keep saying that. We haven't actually got to finish planting it, this uh, gentleman's yard. So when I get the bamboo in there, I'll shut up about it. But it, it. is good <laughs> to put an, under, an underground barrier down, really, on that property line, just to keep it from moving. So keep All that righty. in mind. We're going to take a break. Give us a call, 260-5926. The Mighty 990 KWAM and Mighty990.com. Good morning, good morning. Welcome back to Mid-South Garden. This is the country western section oh, that's, of that's, the Lawn and Garden Show. Ah, uh, What is that music, golly? I like that. Isn't that funny? You would. That's not country, though. Well, I don't know nowadays country. Well, you, you, there's, there's no distinction between there's anything. Between anything, you know. I love country. Yeah, country music I awards, and they got guys on there that do rap giving the awards. Oh, I mean, no. you know. What it, it's what, all different. Yeah. Y'all can't are even, too, y'all are I too mean, funny. What happened? Me and my sister watched Hee Haw <laughs> the <laughs> other day. And I, we, of course, we hadn't watched it in forever. And so it was hilarious. And it made me think of the time me and my cousin, I think we were 10 or 11. And you know the song that say blue disparity on me. Oh, yeah. If it weren't for luck, I'd have no luck. Me and my cousin were in the bathroom. And why did we think nobody could hear? Because the back of, and we were singing that song at the top of the lungs in, in, in the mirror. And we came out of the bathroom. 
No, is that like and everybody was looking at us like crazy. So, you know, if you're singing in the bathroom, just know everybody else can hear you. True that. Okay, let's go to Clarice. Good morning, Clarice. You're Hi. in the garden. Well, I've got a two-lined uh, invasion of the two-lined spittle bug, and I wondered if I could use that home defense stuff, home defense stuff that I use in the house to kill the bugs outside in the grass, and will it hurt the grass? It's not going to hurt the grass, okay? Um um, it's not labeled for use on plants, I don't think. No, it's not. Yeah. Um, so it's... Because um, it could have some oils in there, Jim, as they are... Possible carrier issue. Right. But on your grass, it's probably not going to do anything. I wouldn't spray flowers or anything with it. Because it could burn that foliage. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, there's, a, of course, there's numerous products that you can uh, spray outdoor plants with for spittlebug. But I'm with Jim. I mean, the home defense, uh, you know, whether it's a bifenthrin, promethrin, whatever, it's not the chemical itself. I think it's the inert that could hurt your foliage. Um, So I wouldn't spray that on the plant material. Okay. Just to be safe. Yep. Sounds good. All right. right. Thank you. Thank you. Thank Thank you, you. dear. Just about anything will take care of them, though, but you have to use enough force to penetrate that spittle yeah, yeah. to get to the inside ugh, of the yeah. thing. Ugh, ugh. And it looks like that, too, spittle. Mm-hmm. Um, where's the bug on that one? Is it in the spittle? I've never it's under these bubbles. I've know? never pulled that back to find it. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so yeah. I, I go can't in there do and it. dig for them, get them out. Yeah. yeah. Now, that is because they suck on the juices of the plant, too. Yes, they do. But, yeah. but that was a great question because, mm-hmm. I mean, all of us have a bottle of home defense products in our house that we spray around the baseboards up under the sink and those kind of I places. I bet I don't. But I'm saying, but it, but they do a good job in, in killing insects and they have, most of them have a good residual on them. But those same products typically, normally you can use mm-hmm. on outdoor material, yeah. but you just don't know what those inert ingredients are. Well, here's the one we have to talk yeah. about, Kenneth. When all else that, fails, read the label. Yeah. Yeah. That cattle bug. Oh, you're still talking the about the cattle Jim bug. Jim mentioned that earlier tree in the cattle. show, uh, and I've never heard of tree cattle. Tree before. cattle, or, or yeah. And I, I, you know, I looked at him, and because I know he's under medication, mm-hmm. so I didn't want to say anything. We're, we were agreeing a cattle bug. I mean, that's something. Now I've heard of a. They call that because they when they look like a little herd of insects when they gather, oh. and they'll gather at the base of a plant or in, in your crotch. They'll eat the decomposing stuff that's in the crotch there. Mm-hmm. They're actually kind of clean. That's up. good. Yeah, and, I like and, that. And people get scared of them because there are just so many of them. And, you think. and normally, if you see more than ten bugs in one spot, yeah, people are gross. grabbing something yeah. to kill those bugs. Yeah, yeah Kenneth's grabbing a chainsaw. He's yeah, he says what he's yeah. So <laughs> burn that sucker, yes. So, but they're they're harmless, you know. They're not going to do any damage, and just, just leave them alone. You can if you, if you want to blast them off of the water hose, you can do yeah. that. But it's they're really not going to cause oh. you any grief. They're really more technically beneficial, but mm-hmm. yeah. But and it's Aud- just yucky when you see them all put together yeah. on the tree. Mm-hmm. And Audrey texted back in, guys. It says one more uh, first time hydrangea grower. How long uh, do the pumps uh, stay nice and white uh, before they start to brown? And I guess that depends on the variety of the hydrangea. But typically, what, 30, 35 days, yeah. depending on the rain and so forth? Yeah. You know, most of the white ones, if, if they're PGs, they bloom out white, and then they mature to either green or red or yeah. a combination thereof. So most people don't cut the flowers off of them because that's what they're after. The same thing with oak leaf hydrangeas. Right. Now, if it's a white mop head, you know, it's going to be just like your pinks and blues. Typically, you get... 
if they don't burn up, 45 to 60 days of fair color, and then they'll start to dry. Turn and, brown, um, yeah. But, you know, they're, um, th- there are a couple of white rebloomers, but most of them, um, like the old ones, Madame Moyer and Sister Teresa, um, those. Yeah, those, they don't rebloom on, yeah. on new wood. So mm-hmm. you can just enjoy those and let them mature. Then what about the new limelights, little limes, bobos, those type of hydrangeas? You know, they're white blooming mm-hmm. hydrangeas also, but those are the ones that can take a lot yeah. more sun. Yeah, and you can it. grow them in full sun. Mm-hmm. And, and they'll bloom even here. on and off through the <laughs> summer. Unlike your old mop heads. Yeah, you can, and if you'll <clears> cut <throat> the flowers off as they become spent, you'll get them to rebloom even more. Um, but that's, you know, the most of them that we grow now are named for the color that they mature, like uh, quick fire matures red, little lime return, uh, matures green. Yeah. And so that's <coughs> why you grow them is for that season-long color. Right. Uh, so, you know, they're great plants. You know, I like that. They can um, get big, though. Yeah, they can. I like that, the Arba Essence. It has kind of a furry leaf, and uh, deer don't like that. The bloom is white, but it really doesn't remind me of a hydrangea. I really don't think of a hydrangea. Kind of like the Fuji waterfall, and even some of the lace caps, you know, don't. You're look like your old fashioned. See, when I think of hydrangea, I think of the old ball shaped mm-hmm. hydrangea, pinks and blues. Because, I mean, that's just what I was used to seeing growing up, you know. But there are so many more hydrangeas on the market now that are unbelievable. And then who would ever think that we would have hydrangeas one day that can grow in full sun? Yeah. You know, like these paniculata varieties. And they, they can flat out take full sun. And they're great, but they're all going to be a white bloom. And then we're getting some that have uh, multi-colors on the bloom. So oh, yeah, really like, neat like looking Picasso colors. Picasso. And, yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, Pistache. Yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah. yeah. And then the others, I can't even remember. The, lots, lots of the seaside serenades. Doesn't that mm-hmm. sound nice? Seaside serenade. And that's where names really make people buy plants. Yes. Well, let, let's say this. Why seaside? Because they're not a seaside plant. I think they had another name at the yep. end to make it. It sounds attractive to you. Mm, yeah. And also, let you me, see, did you just hear me? Oh, seaside. And let me say this. Also, when you buy, let's say, an old-fashioned mop head hydrangea, and you see that nice blue tag with the picture mm-hmm. of this blue-blooming hydrangea, <laughs> yeah. it doesn't mean that that hydrangea is going to have a blue bloom on it. It could have a pink bloom on it, okay? It all depends on the acidity of the soil. And some of them is funny. Some of, them of the hydrangeas, like the endless summer varieties, some of them have a pink bloom on the picture, and some of them have a blue bloom on the picture. Mm-hmm. Well, a lot of people will buy the pink bloom thinking that was going to be pink yeah. and buy the blue bloom tag thinking it's going to be blue. No, you don't know until they start blooming what color that hydrangea is going to be. Yeah, and it's going to be a year or two before they actually adjust to your soil and you get something that's in between. Yeah, exactly. Can you do that stuff in a container? Can you put the lime or the... Uh, oh, yeah. That's how they get them so blue or so pink, okay. you know, at the growers. You know, they don't mm-hmm. want to send one out that is half and half. They'll yeah. send, they want them deep blue or they want them really deep pink. Mm-hmm. So that's they manipulate the soil to get that. But just yeah. be careful. If you are using aluminum sulfate in a container, uh, you do not want to overdo mm-hmm. that because you can get a buildup of that aluminum and it can burn the root hairs of the plant. Yeah, there's always something, isn't it? It's amazing how we get away with growing plants. Isn't it true? (laughs) You know, but like Jim says, they don't want to die. Okay. Oh, and in 50 years, your house will be taken over if you do nothing. 
We'll be right back. Now, back to Mid-South Gardening on the Mighty 990 and 107.9 FM, KWAM. That's better. That's good music. Welcome back, gardeners. Uh, Jim likes this music, and I do too. I want some reggae. Can we leave reggae next? Hey, if you want to give us a call this morning, 260-5926. 260-5926. You can give us a call, or you can always go to Facebook, Mid-South Gardening, and shoot us a text like... Rebecca did. She said a few years ago, I bought a lantana tree, uh, and she lost it, of course, for whatever reason. And she wants to know where she can find another lantana tree. Uh, Dan West Garden Center mm-hmm. on Popper Avenue and Palladios on Central yeah, have yeah. lantana trees. And then you can always call around to other places as well and just check it out. And Jim, do you have a lantern, lantana tree? I do not. I have some lantana, but I don't have a lantana I tree. I do like the lantana tree. Look, I, I can't decide if I like it. I like it the best in containers, really. But you can still plant it in the yard, even if it's not going to come back. It's an annual. Yeah. You know, yeah. we just plant a kind of a, a good priced annual, but beautiful. problem I have with so many of those, they're, the heads get too big to support. For the stem to support, yeah, you'd almost mm-hmm. have to either stake, stake the stem or or, right. or, yeah. she- or kind of shear it back a little bit to yeah. keep it light. That's I what, had yeah. a uh, I had a um, uh, Judge Solomon Azalea that was a tree form that when we got the snow mm-hmm. weighted all the way to the ground. I mean, wow. just pulled it over and the little never bit seen of, a, an azalea tree no. form, you know? Yeah, and the little bit of foliage that was under the snow survived and burned everything else off mm-hmm. of it. So I've cut it way back, and it's coming back out but i you know i'm doubt decided it's not ever going to be as pretty as it was yeah so it well uh, that's um it may become a bonsai a bonsai yeah that's a good idea i'll cut it off about six inches and it'll have a trunk you know about three inches wide so it'll make a a cute little tree yeah yeah see if your plants suffer just turn them into bonsai that's right bonsai bonsai (laughs) yeah neither syllable is accented what is Neither syllable is actually. Neither oh. syllable. I thought we came up with a new word Syllable. here. Syllable. <laughs> Syllable. Yeah. Okay. Uh, uh, now I'll probably say that word forever. It's stuck in my head. We'll say. You know, I was talking about uh, weeds or how your yard can grow over in 50 years or sooner, of course. I mean, y'all know it's got to be sooner. I think it means turn into forest in about 50 years, yeah. which means y'all... That we have to do a lot of work we to do. actually keep everything in check in our keep urban situations. Yeah. It starts every time the weeds come up in your yard. Yeah. The, the natural oh, progression yeah. is that first it will become a grassland. Mm-hmm. Eventually it will become a conifer forest. And yeah. then after that, it will ultimately become a hardwood forest. Yeah. And these trees will come up and they'll die and you get the conifer forest up and it'll get so thick that conifers can't come up underneath it. And then when mm-hmm. they die out, hardwoods move in. Isn't that crazy? So, but yeah. let's say if you've got crabgrass growing in your beautiful Bermuda or Zoysia lawn, uh, you know, we always say the best control for most of these weeds is to be proactive and put a pre-emergent mm-hmm. down early in the year. A pre-emergent would keep a lot of the weed seed from coming up to start with. And then, of course, during the spring, you know, before the temperatures get above 90 degrees, we're typically spraying to kill the broadleaf weeds with broadleaf weed mm-hmm. killers. But now you got crabgrass out there, and it runs people crazy. And back in the old days, quote, quote, 
we would use MSMA, the old Anzar, Drexar. Oh, you, that's good stuff. But you can't buy anymore. So, you know, there are products like Quinchloric uh, and Image uh, that there are still products that you can spray safely in your lawn to kill crabgrass. But the problem with Quinchloric, um, most Quinchloric products are mixed with broadleaf weed killers. Mm-hmm. And you can't use those when it's above 90 degrees. Now, there is a product called, uh, what is it, Jim? Is it Image All-in-One that has sulfuritrazone and quinchloric mm-hmm. combined? Great product to kill crabgrass. And then just even the regular Image uh, will also kill crabgrass that you can use uh, some of these products even through the summer months. Well, but that, all I'm saying, if you're trying to kill crabgrass, mm-hmm. make sure you get the right product, but also read the label to make sure you can use it when the temperatures are above 90 right. degrees. Well, weeds indicate <laughs> that you have poor soil or thin lawn. and But there's a few weeds that love good soil. But weeds are there to um, mm-hmm. cover the surface. And sometimes if we don't have our beds amended good enough... But uh, that's still just another preventative or another aid. Because if I'm getting weeds in my yard, I start fertilizing, um, not with a fast-acting fertilizer, because I don't want to mow a lot, but I start fertilizing to and putting compost down in weak spots to get my grass thicker. So and the maybe raise have, the blade just a little bit. Don't yeah. keep as, you know, a lot of people go out there and they'll scalp their grass. Yes, good point. Early in the spring, which is fine. But they'll keep that height yeah. right there and use that height for the rest of the growing season. You want to raise that mm-hmm. lawnmower blade up a little bit. I mean, you want a decent blade. Uh, and you really don't want sunlight hitting the soil. Right. Well, see, actually, this is how it could work. If you put clover out, oh. <laughs> get your clover lawn. When it breaks down, it'll create fertilizer. But see, clover just doesn't go away. Hey, I saw, I know you don't like clover lawn, Jim. <laughs> Put your eyes back in your head. <laughs> but uh, I have seen, I, I don't know if I, I cannot decide on the clover lawn. I've seen some that look beautiful. Hold on, you can't decide what? If I like a clover lawn no, or you not. Don't. Well, we like clover oh, on the roadsides, yeah. okay, and in pastures. Clover looks mm-hmm. beautiful. It's blooming. Bees are out there. Yeah. Perfect. Clover in our lawn? No, that's a different story, Miss Veda. Mm. But I saw a whole entire lawn. And that was pretty because then it really wasn't a lawn. It was a clover patch. There then. you go. So, and you can just mow it and it keeps coming back. How does it look? You know, I never think about it in the summer because I mean, I eventually, you know, it, it will, you know, the blooms will turn black, yeah. you know, but I mean, you know, clover, you still have there are a the lot clover. of lawns out there that are nothing but weeds. And if you keep them cut and maintained, I mean, it still mm-hmm. looks green. It's okay. This is true. You know? So true. I had seen some really pretty lawns mm-hmm. and got closer and it was entire crabgrass lawn. But that's and, like I used yeah. to tell Paul Little. I mean, I would when I was taking the paper, now I read it online, but I'd get up every morning, walk down the driveway, grab the paper, walk back up, right? I could not make it down the driveway and back up without looking for a weed. I'd have to go store over there and start pulling a few weeds. I just couldn't mm-hmm. help myself. That's just who I am. I don't. I hate weeds in my lawn. I hate weeds I in my don't. flower beds. You know. Well, do I visit people's 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 houses, or I'm in businesses, or a uh, family house? And do you catch yourself? I catch myself going. I wonder if that plant's dry and fill in the soil. I can't help it. 
because I'd done that for like 30 years in the garden center. Is that plant dry? Is that plant dry? You know, touching all the plants. And they get in somebody's house. And now I'm y'all like, know Is that why pl- I'm on medication. These <laughs> people are nuts. <laughs> all right, Jim, I, I got a question. you catching up with me. <laughs> or, or, you know, and Beta was mentioning, uh, you know, fertilizers a while ago. Um, there are quite a few different types of nitrates or nitrogens on the market. Uh, Veda doesn't like to use a really quick-release nitrogen fertilizer because it does make your grass green and it does make it grow, which means you'll have to cut more often than not. For example, I've got a bag of urea in a 50-pound bag in my carport right now. All I'm waiting on is some rain. I'm a, I mean, I yeah. could put it out and water it in, but oh, I'm going to put it out yeah. you know, during the rain or right before rain. And it's a good organic fertilizer. Yeah, it's, well, it really is. It, it is. Just, yeah. In fact, uh, it was the very first man-made organic. Uh, but urea is a high nitrogen fertilizer mm-hmm. that you can put on a lawn, uh, and it will flat out make your grass green and make it grow. But Jim, how does that beta? How does that differ from say a nitrate that is in a lawn food, or a nitrogen that is very quick release? Because there are many different types of nitrogens out there. Well, yeah. your very quick release is so your neighbors, so you can get greener grass before your neighbors. Well, it, it all gets down to the, the nitrogen that you're presenting to the grass. Nitrates are immediately available, okay? Some have to be broken down by microbes, so that slows it down some. Organics can, organic nitrogen cannot be absorbed by plants. The molecule is just way too large. It just can't happen. So your microbes have to break it down into nitrites and nitrates, which are available to the plant. It's the same chemical. And it takes a minute to do that. But it takes a while But let's say if I buy a bag of lawn food, and let's say it's a 2804 or 2404. It's got 24% nitrogen in it. Okay. But if you look on the back of the bag, it's got different types of nitrogen Mm -hmm. in that bag. Normally, if it's a good turf builder, it's Mm -hmm. going to have a very small amount of nitrate nitrogen. Quick release. That's to give you some rapid appearance that it's working right basically so that you're happy with it right exactly and then the majority of that nitrogen in there is going to be and it's going to be either urea formaldehyde or sulfur coated urea or something like slower release slower release so that it feeds over a longer Mm -hmm. period of time and that's based on soil temperature and your bacteria and how much water it's getting and that sort of got it so it's um you know grass is an extremely heavy feeder Okay, a good rule of thumb for most of our turf grasses is they like about a seven one one ratio, mm-hmm. so about seven times as much nitrogen as you do phosphorus and potash. Right. Doesn't have to be exact. Okay? Right, doesn't have to have any phosphorus in it. Okay, because right. you're not growing it for seed anyway. Um, but True. if you just you know if you give it lots of nitrogen and cut it frequently, yeah, uh, if you're cutting it and it's brown the next morning, you're letting it go too long or you're overfeeding it. Gotcha. Okay, mm-hmm. so back off your nitrogen or raise your blade so that you don't have that because if you're cutting into the stem, you stress it. You also deplete carbohydrates in the root system, which it needs to get through the winter. Yeah. So you actually make your lawn unhealthy by giving it high amounts of quick-release nitrogen. So we're feeding about, what, once every six weeks during the growing season? Yeah, again, it depends on the fertilizer. But a good turf builder-type fertilizer, every six weeks or so is fine. Yeah. 
And with some grasses like zoysia, they only need about half as much nitrogen. So you can go, you can put down a bag that says it'll cover 5,000 square feet. It'll probably cover 10, mm-hmm. you know, and you'll still get an excellent turf with it. So, well, yeah, so. I know um, for me, y'all have all that fun with that stuff. <laughs> for me, I'm going to let Dana borrow some of my yeah, urea. My fun was watching the neighbor have gorgeous green grass and then mow it, and it was just brown as could be underneath. That's right. And my yard stayed green the entire time. He had to buy two lawnmowers to keep up with his yard. I mowed maybe once a week, and I only watered once a week, even in the summer. So that's my fun with the lawn. And you were using, what, the urea? <laughs> there was a guy posted a picture on our on our Facebook group with the, uh, the, what is the celebration Bermuda. Yeah. Uh, and he's mowing it. I asked him how often he's mowing it. He's mowing it every other day. Ooh. Oh, wow. And it was it was absolutely beautiful. Okay. It's low. You know that I'm not I mean, do. it is putting green quality, yeah. you yeah. know. And this that's guy's a serious lawn. Yeah. Oh, beautiful. All right. Uh, we have to go to a break. But that's okay. Call us 260-5926. Get a question in. We'll be right back. The Mighty 990. 107.9 FM, 990 AM, KWAM. Good morning, gardeners. Welcome back to Mid-South Gardening. We just have a few minutes to go and 500 topics we could go over. Yeah, I think and Kenneth wanted to talk yes. about our good friends, the Japanese beetles. Yes. Oh, I love them. You know, those nice, beautiful, you know, beautiful little shiny metallic little mm-hmm. shell, you know, but they are out in force, guys. I'm just telling you. And Jim, you you know you brought this up about three weeks ago. Hey, look out for Japanese beetles. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, I haven't seen a Japanese beetle yet. Yeah. Well, he was right. They are. You know, they're out there. So, what do you do, guys? You get up one morning. You got your you know your roses, your your crepe myrtles, whatever. They're, they love to eat on almost anything, but they do love roses. Roses are caviar to a Japanese beetle. What do you do? I mean, do you go mm-hmm. out there and just pick as many as you can off and throw them down in some soapy water and drown them? Do you go out there and spray to control them with the, you know, permethrin, mm-hmm. spinosids, anything? Or that do gets... you let them eat your plants? And then do you also get the little Japanese beetle trap and put it, like Jim said, the best place to put mm-hmm. one is in your neighbor's yard, right? Right, <laughs> which was, a gr- I'm glad you said that because, honestly, I would have put it by my plant. No. Put no, it away no, from no, your plants. No. But I'm telling you, all those angles work, but I'm just saying, mm-hmm. for the next couple of weeks, maybe three weeks, at least a couple of more weeks, we're going to have a big-time Japanese beetle problem. Mm-hmm. And it's not going away. It's getting bigger and bigger every year. Okay. Well, I harass about um, just just let them take the foliage off, you know, just no, pick them off. But it, yeah. in the garden center, yeah, you, you don't, don't want them to eat your roses. And I could see from across the garden center there was holes in the rows, and I was practically hurtling the plants to get over mm-hmm. there and, and get those off just in case because how do you sell them? And you won't find one Japanese people, you'll find a hundred. Yeah, well, if you get out there early in the morning, like I found one the other day on one of my miniature roses buried down in the flower. I'd spent the night there. Yeah. You want to get that one and get it off and Mm -hmm. drown him. I have a little, like everybody else, a little bucket of soapy water to put him in. Because once it starts feeding, it releases a pheromone that says, hey, folks, there's food here. Here's the buffet. Here comes more of them. So if you can get out there early in the morning and catch some of those that have spent the night there on the flower, then you'll have less issue with them. I pulled six off of a lotus flower. 
Oh, okay? really? Yes, they had yeah. hidden down in the petals there just waiting for mm-hmm. the next morning. Yeah. I don't see them eating the lotus at all. There's no holes in it, but They're they just... picked it to, to hide in. Ah. Um, so if you can get out there early before 10 o'clock or so, that's mm-hmm. when they, they, they start really feeding in force. You can stop a lot of that. A lot ah. of plants like crepe myrtles and roses will recover, okay? They Even will. if they eat all the foliage off of them, they're going to come right back out, okay? Uh, but some plants you don't want them doing that to because they right. won't recover. Yeah. So yeah. you well, just have to be careful. You had this. I had heard about crushing bur- bugs up and spraying your plants with yeah. it. And I couldn't really figure out what the point was of that, but it must be decent. But Jim clarified that for me yeah you know they say the thought is that if it smells like death then Mm -hmm. other beetles won't come along well the truth is it smells like sex pheromone Mm -hmm. just like what's in the trap so if you chop up bugs and spray it on there you're going to have more of them you are that is so do you see how we defeat ourselves a lot yeah we do but then of course you have to learn from your mistakes which between all three of us and what we've seen we can help you out with those (laughs) but so just remember picking them off early in the morning spraying uh and our traps or a combination of those you can hopefully keep your japanese beetle population in check and then the other thing that's really bad of course and we always talk about this is mosquitoes uh, you know, what's the best mosquito control? And the short answer there, I don't know if there's a best one. I think a combination of things is the best thing yeah. to do. And that you're always talking about, you know, don't have just standing water out there, whether it's, a, uh, you know, a saucer or a can or a water, whatever. Wet leaves still. Yeah, you know, yeah. try to empty any standing water that you're not using. Uh, there's are, there are some repellents that you can spray out there, uh, mosquito beater whether it's a liquid or whether it's granulated, uh, you know, it does a decent job in repelling them. Hey, what eats mosquito larvae? The dragonflies. Dragonflies, Dragonflies. not frogs. Dragonflies. Dragonflies. Uh, And then there are some sprays, of course. Uh, You know, the permethrins do a a good job Mm -hmm. in in knocking the population down. But, uh, and if you're vigilant and you stay with what you're doing, I mean, you won't have as many mosquitoes uh, as you probably have right now. So... You know, if I was somebody that got munched out by by mosquitoes, and you know, you say lavender, mm. citronella, and all that repels it, but not when you only have two and it's far away and it's um Mm-mm. not close to you. You so need to I be sitting in a field. Yeah, yep. I was going to say yep. I would literally, um, if especially if I got eat up good, have. Six pots of it. And bugs out. And then when I walked outside, I would go brush them for the smell to come out. Yeah. But and, like and bug zappers don't work on mosquitoes but see, either, it by could the way. be a placebo also well, on the mosquito butterflies going, no, there's no way. Because Jim's like a whole field. Yeah. And I'm thinking, well, I would try with a few. Anything, maybe two mosquitoes, but that's two less that can get me. <laughs> <laughs> but spraying definitely helps. Um uh, there's mosquito dunks you can put in the water, I you keep, know, to kill the larvae. I have fish in most of my water lily mm-hmm. and lotus tanks, but I still put a a uh, uh, mosquito dunk in every yeah. single yeah. one of them. It's because they kind of because not all the water's moving. No. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, and the moving water deters the uh, mosquitoes to lay their eggs there. I, mosquito eggs can last a long time. If but, the conditions but they got to have right. water to have babies. They That's can go the, the bottom line. Yeah. Oh, well. Gee, this was fun. I know. I hate <laughs> having to go, y'all.